darkness we were waiting without hope and without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt Praise forever to the King. 
what would it have been like to live these events in real time? In the moment, as they unfolded, not looking back as we have the privilege of doing, really not even looking forward, but just living in the moment. Imagine it's six days before Passover. Thousands of Jewish pilgrims have gathered uh, for, from around the world for the upcoming Passover feast. It's always an exciting time, but this year, even more so. Word has quickly begun to spread that a 30-something rabbi named Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. It's six days before Passover, and you have been invited to a dinner. The house is in Bethany. It's a village about two miles east of Jerusalem. It's owned by a man by the name of Simon the leper. A leper. You think he certainly can't currently have leprosy or he would be unclean and cut off from everyone else. No, this Simon was once a leper. That is until Jesus miraculously healed him. And now he's throwing a dinner party. And you are invited. When you arrive, you begin to scan the room. You see the disciples. You see Mary. There's Martha. And there's Lazarus. You still can't believe it. He was dead, and now he's alive. And then you see him. It's Jesus. He's reclining at the table. You eat, you chat, you eat some more, and then it happens. While Jesus is reclining at the table, Mary breaks open an alabaster flask, begins to pour it on Jesus' head and his feet. She then begins to use her hair to wipe the feet of Jesus. And you are speechless as the fragrance begins to fill the room. The alabaster flask contained ointment, perfume. Wow, you think, what is Mary doing? That perfume, that had to be expensive. As you're pondering the moment, this act of extravagant love, Judas speaks. Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Soon you will learn that Judas is to betray Jesus. He didn't care about the poor. He was a thief. But the disciples don't know this yet. And so they begin to agree with Judas. They're indignant. Why this waste, they say? This could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. And you begin to think, 300 denarii. That's practically a year's wage just poured out on Jesus. Why would Mary do this? Why would Mary risk her financial future, her security? Was this a family heirloom, a treasured possession? But man, the room sure does smell lovely. Jesus may very well be deserving, but what a costly sacrifice. And then Jesus speaks. You intently listen. Why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. 
For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Huh. Jesus has just defended Mary. In fact, he says, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Wow, you think to yourself. For ages and ages and ages to come, they're going to know this moment when Mary poured this perfume on Jesus. What she did was beautiful. And you smile. But then it dawns on you what Jesus had really said. That in pouring this ointment on my body, she had done it to prepare me for burial. And then you remember, not once, not twice, but three times, Jesus has spoken of his death, that the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. And you have no idea at the moment what is about to happen and unfold over the next week. It's obvious the disciples didn't understand because they rebuke Mary and her extravagant devotion. But somehow, some way you conclude, Mary must have known. Tonight, my goal is that you and I, the best that we can, would try to relive the events that led up to Jesus' crucifixion. We are going to let Scripture speak for itself. We are going to let God's Word speak for Himself. And I want us tonight to try to feel and know the weight and the magnitude of the night. Yes, we know Sunday's coming, but when we leave here tonight, I want us to feel the weight of Friday. What they must have felt, they would have felt a sorrow and a heaviness that would have lasted till Sunday morning. But days before Jesus was to be crucified, Mary, through this extravagant expression of love, anoints Jesus and prepares him for his death. Did Mary know what she was doing? We can't say for certain, but what we do know is that Mary is often found where? At the feet of Jesus, intently listening to his every word. So she knew of Jesus predicting his own death. She must have known that his death was coming. And in this moment, most everyone in the room failed to see who Jesus was. They failed to see the significance of the moment, but not Mary. She understood who Jesus was. The Messiah. The Son of God. The King of Kings. The Savior of the world. And therefore, her response is appropriate and it is beautiful. She must have known that his death was coming. A death for her. And her response? To anoint Jesus and to prepare the king for his death. Mary's act of love and worship is prior to his death. It is prior to his resurrection. This was a moment of preparation. This was an act of worship. Now, later in the week, we read of another meal. We begin reading in Matthew 26, verse 17. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. 
I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? And he answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, gave it to the disciples. He said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In a few minutes, you and I, as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we will partake of the Lord's Supper together. On this night, 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus instituted for us, the church, the Lord's Supper. And so tonight, when we eat and drink together in a few minutes, we will remember. We will remember His death, we will remember His burial, we will even remember His resurrection, and we do this until He comes. Taking the bread and eating it, then taking the cup and drinking it. And I need to say that this, when we do this in just a few minutes, this is only for believers in Christ. Only those of us who have given our life to Jesus, those who have confessed with our mouth that Jesus is the Christ, believe in our heart that God had raised Him from the dead. This is for those who have given themselves to Jesus, confessing Him and Him alone to save us. You can only remember something that you have personally experienced. But as we do this in just a few minutes, as a family, I want us to think of Mary. And as we offer ourselves up to Jesus to respond with love, with gratitude, and with worship. So I'm going to ask you for the next couple minutes to prepare your heart. I'm going to ask you to prepare your heart. We're going to play a video. I'm hoping it, it'll have sound because it's somebody singing. Um, so we need sound. Uh, and so as, as the video plays, as you listen right to, to the words, focus upon the cross. Think about what Christ has purchased for you. Be reminded that we are to give ourselves wholly to Him. So prepare your hearts as we listen to this song.
just a moment. We will eat of the bread and we will drink of the cup together. Tonight I'm so reminded of Mary gathered around a group of people. Even the disciples who would become indignant with what she had done. But in that moment, sitting at your feet, Jesus, she understood that you were worth risking everything. She was willing to throw her financial security away for you. Most of them at that moment didn't understand. After they see the resurrected Jesus, they will get it. Their lives will forever be changed. So Father, in this moment, we examine our hearts. Are we offering up our life to you? Because you have certainly given your very life for us. So as we eat and as we drink, we are reminded, apart from the shedding of your blood, Jesus, there is no forgiveness of sin. So we remember right now. Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and take the bread and, and the cup and to open that. I'd recommend you open the bread side first. But just a little heads up there. If you'll open those and, and just hold off, don't take it yet. We'll take it together. You'll just prepare for that. First Corinthians, we read. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. goes on to say, in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We are going to let Scripture speak for itself. So you have seven people who are going to read from seven different passages. So I'm going to ask those seven folks of you who are reading if you'll make your way over to this wall and if you'll just line up as they make their way over there. As they read, listen intently. Hear the words of God. And survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. Ryan is going to begin reading. 
Then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will fall away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flocks will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, Tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I never had to die without you, Lord, Peter told them, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said, Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know how to know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Then they seized him and led him away bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat at the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later someone else saw him and said, You are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, 
Another insisted, saying, Certainly this man was also with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I did not know what you were talking about. And immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord and how that he said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas, Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priest handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth, retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But the chief priest and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus arrested, executed. Which of the two do you want to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him.
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. By His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace for our transgressions was crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds by his wounds we are healed And the life that you gave, we are healed for you paid the price. By your grace, we are saved, we are saved. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, by his wounds. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Heather. Who sing that song? Um, so I just, that was a highlight. I was looking forward to that. So here's how we're going to conclude our service. I'm going to read some verses from John 19. As soon as I'm done reading, we're going to watch one more video. It's going to intentionally leave this feeling of just stillness, of, of response, of quiet. You're welcome after that video to sit for a moment, or you can just quietly uh, make your way out. This is John 19, beginning in verse 17. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him, 
and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic and Latin and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit.
Cleanse my soul, my life, my all. Love so amazing, so my soul my